Brett, are you thankful for anything in particular this year? Um, I am thankful for time off mm. to rest and uh, friends and their families. That's a pretty good thing to be thankful for. Pretty boring. It is pretty boring. I'm thankful for Beyblades. I'm thankful <laughs> for Beyblades too. And God, ex- Beyblades are so cool. And their existence. Yeah, Brett's answer was dumb. Brett's answer was just, dumb. Just and my family a- and my friends and their families and you know. Hey, okay. I bet my Beyblades could kick your friends' asses. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host Parker Moon. This is your Hanging Ten co-host Brett Irvin. I'm back, baby, Daniel Phillips. Oh no, Dan's oh, back. No, <laughs> hey, we let him back. Hey, everyone, hey, everyone missed me. Where's Maddie? Back at? from the grave. Yeah, everyone's asking where's Maddie. Uh, doesn't matter. Not here. I'm not here. here. Dan's here. Okay. Uh, well, we are a weekly book club podcast. Uh, where three underqualified idiots go over one book a month mm-hmm. uh, and talk everything books and books related. Uh, this month, our book has been Malibu Rising by Taylor Reed's Jenkins. No, Taylor Jenkins Reed. I messed it up again. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Um, and uh, and and it's it's the day. It's it's the Tuesday where we're covering the book. So we're we're talking all about Malibu Rising this week, and I'm so excited. Man, I can't wait to get into it. That was a good book. It was, was a great book. book. Before we uh, get into the book. Short stories? You want some short stories? Yeah, let's do short should stories. I, should I pass out some short stories? No, it's short stories, our segment where we uh, catch up and talk about what's going on in our lives. It's been a while. Yeah, how long have, How long has it been? It feels like like well, years, we didn't, months, years. We didn't have an episode last week because of Thanksgiving. We didn't. And then uh, Maddie locked me in a dungeon. She did. And took my place the weekend before. Uh-huh. And everyone cheered and hooray. Yeah, and everyone liked Maddie way more than me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's too bad. Yeah, we only had like a ha- we only had a handful, uh, only a couple dozen listeners reach out and say that they would have rather had her be on the podcast. We all know it. I know. I know it from the beginning. But I'm just too bad, with you buddy. Everyone's you're... happy that you're back. I'm sure they are. <laughs> hey, uh, Brett. Hey, you have a short story for me? I might. Can you tell May- us? Mayhaps. I guess so. Okay. So mine has to do with Thanksgiving week. A bit of a tradition. So this one, you know, we've talked about, I'm pretty sure we've talked about the McElroy brothers before in this podcast, I assume. I hope so. Honestly, they're, they're the reason why we're doing this podcast probably. Um, so they do a yearly podcast, an annual podcast oh, thank around God. Thanksgiving. I'm so glad you're bringing this to the table. It's called Till Death Do Us Blart. And the idea behind this podcast is, you guessed it, every year until they die, and when they, when they do, they'll pass it to another person. So in perpetuity, this podcast will exist. They watch the movie Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, not the first one, the second one, and then review it. So every year. Every year. Every year. Every year. That sounds awful. It's so good. That sounds horrible. Yeah. So they do it with um, Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery, who have another podcast where they do the exact same idea. But I'm pretty sure it's on a either weekly or I'm pretty sure it's I weekly. I think it's it weekly. It's called The Worst Idea of yeah. All Time, right? Yeah, The Worst Idea of All Time. So they watch, they take really bad movies and they force themselves to watch it 52 times throughout the year. So every week they rewatch and they discuss. God. So they basically took that idea, joined up with the McElroys, 
And every year on Thanksgiving, they or on Thanksgiving Day, they release the newest episode of Till Death Do Us Blart. And it's just such a wonderful podcast. It like I look forward to it every year. I know Parker and Maddie do as well. It's so funny. Um, that sounds They've been doing it since 2015. So they're what six years in now. Yeah. And it's just incredible. I was actually listening to the new one today. I haven't finished it yet, but to give you an insight, at this point, Justin, who's one of the McElroy brothers, listened or watched the whole movie in French. <laughs> Just to just to get a new perspective on Amazing. the movie. So. Amazing. God, I can't wait to listen. That's where they're at at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. I know. Who was it? Was it Travis or Griffin listened to it with the... Um, the Dark Side of the Moon. The Dark Side of the Moon album yeah, playing like side by side and to see how it matched up. Yeah, that was Griffin. He, that was like year like three or four. He it has me laughing it. every year. Brett, oh, thank you for telling our audience about Till yeah. Death Do Us yeah, Blart. That's so a good one. Go check it out. It's incredible. I mean, it's like like hour-long episodes every year but it's so good they yeah. just progressively you see them going insane watching this movie honestly so just good. go listen to all the macroy content yeah, podcasts out there they're really doing the dang thing um yeah. you don't realize how fast a year goes by until you have to watch Paul Blart 2 again <laughs> you have to watch the same movie every year because my family watches christmas vacation every single year at christmas <laughs> yeah. and i feel like every time i sit down in the opening song of christmas vacation comes on i'm like man i feel like i just did this (laughs) well it's a i've been for the past couple years i've been watching it not while i well not while i listen but i'll watch it around that same time of year because i'm pretty sure parker maddie still haven't seen it yet oh no i haven't i've only ever watched so they just yeah they just listen to the podcast and they've no they've never seen the movie before and so i've i've watched paul blart one yeah and then i've only ever listened to their podcast for all the context i have regarding paul blart two and it i think it's better that way it gives me a unique uh listening experience oh yeah yeah, absolutely but yeah so i i they reference the shadow man quite a bit and i have no clue (laughs) what in the hell that could mean it's so good i think I do. I am a little sad that I finally like broke down and watched it, but also I I love just being able to imagine every scene that they're talking about when they talk about it. So yeah, it's just it's incredible. So go check it out. Nice. Are you? How? What's uh? What's going on with your reading? Um, oh, you were a, challenged yeah, last you week. You were challenged I was last challenged. week. How? Maybe Brett, we, maybe we need to be more forceful, Dan. Maybe that's what we're missing. Brett, Maddie's strength. You were challenged last week to read a. An amount of that book that I can't remember. I How much was it? Some amount of Way of Kings. I, I think like it was like a couple hundred half. pages or something. I'm oh. at like I'm like thirty percent the way through. So I did read a bunch, but I I didn't. I think it that's was, not half. That's not half, half, Brett. It may have been just. It may have been twenty five percent, but I'm pretty sure it's half. So I will say that I did fail, but I am. I did hey. read a bunch of Malibu Rising this week, so yeah. I am going to turn back to. Um, Way of Kings. I can't be mean to you. You're doing great. Yeah, so, we're, we're keeping up. We're just, just supporting. Keep, keep up the good work. That's pal. okay, Brett. You'll get him next week. Yeah, but but for real, fifty percent by next week. <laughs> I mean, I can do that. Oh yeah. Nice. This is how we're gonna do it from now. on. We gotta lay the lay it down. Lay it <laughs> down. <laughs> I don't. See, I don't even know how to pretend to be forceful. <laughs> Never been forceful in my life. I know. That's why I need Maddie around. <laughs> can we just? Where's Maddie at? Oh, I don't it know. Matter. That's <laughs> so mean. It does matter. You big jerk. She's hanging out with my wife. They're having yeah, a good time. True. What about you? Uh, yeah. So, so my short story is uh, uh, this Thanksgiving took an interesting turn. 
last Monday or Sunday night, really, I started to feel a little rough. And I was like, you know, I'm not feeling too great, not, too, not feeling too grand. Uh, woke up and was running a fever and tried to work throughout the day and then was like, oh, I feel really, really rough. And so I went on Tuesday to the doctor and they were like, hey, you're positive for the flu. So that stunk. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't positive news, but uh, it definitely derailed all of our Thanksgiving plans. And it's it's mm. sad because we are we have like a lot of good family tradition stuff with Maddie's family over Thanksgiving that I look forward to every year. Uh, so this year was uh, hampered by that. Uh, and, and what I wanted to say though is just a, a quick shout out to how fantastic uh, Maddie is because she made us like our own little tiny in-home Thanksgiving meal and she just kept making jokes about it calling it flusgiving but uh, <laughs> I I was pretty much incoherent with like how I was sleeping like 14 hours a day and just like you know taking NyQuil and hydrating and then going back to sleep uh, so it was it was quite the time and I I am very 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 thankful this year for Tamiflu and for rest mm -hmm. and uh, I, I'm feeling much, much, much significantly better now, but it was it was a very interesting Thanksgiving, and the flu sucks, and that's my short story. Uh, you look better. You look a lot better. Oh, thanks. Which is Holy. a good thing, because we are sitting... We're really close. ...about six inches away from... Yeah. Our knees are touching. Our knees the are table. touching. Um, you're, like, you're trusting me a lot yeah, right now. So I hope you're better. I hope that's I'm better. That's why I put up... I haven't had a fever in us. three days, so okay. I think you're... Good? Probably pretty good. Probably yeah. fine. My short story. Yes, tell Wait, me about it. Wait, what are you reading? You've read a lot. Oh, I have. I, I've read a good bit. Um, I finished Pneumonia, which I talked about last time. Uh, Wait, and, you got pneumonia? <laughs> nope. Didn't get pneumonia. I had the flu. Uh, but I finished Pneumonia, the graphic novel. Uh, it is is just wonderful. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. One of the best. Like, just quick, short, uh, like, digestible one-off stories and I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. The art's fantastic. The stories and characters are memorable. It's great. And then I finished Well of Ascension, uh, The Second Mistborn, and I yeah, deeply boy. enjoyed that book as well. I'm so excited to start, or I've started Hero of Ages, but I'm mm -hmm. you know, like 50 pages in. I, I had to put it on pause to finish Malibu Rising. So that's yeah. uh, gonna be what I'm jumping into pretty much after we record. Nice. So, yeah. Give me a good Dan, time. Dan, tell me what's going on with you, buddy. So, I have a story for you guys. Okay. When my, it's about my family and kind of my upbringing. Oh. So my grandmother. Uh huh. Uh, great, great grandmother. Actually, I I learned about this a little while ago. Um, she was in a planned marriage. Whoa. Which I never knew about. Um, she was in a planned marriage, and she really did not like. The man. Can I ask you a question that yes. I hope does not come off as insensitive or anything? Yes. Is there a like religious or cultural thing no, there? Nothing like that. Nothing Just like a that. planned marriage. It was a planned the... marriage because of uh, her parents. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was a planned marriage, and she did not like the guy at all. Wow. Um, as I feel like most planned marriages. That's no, how that's not necessarily true. Maybe. I've heard of plenty of successful planned marriages. Oh, okay. So she went um, into the woods at night. And she prayed to the old gods that what's happening right she now. She did not want <laughs> this planned marriage. He's doing he's doing an Addie LaRue right now. He's doing an Addie LaRue. Did you read all of Addie LaRue? I read all of Addie LaRue for Parker. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. 
That's a weird way to go around it, but I, okay. I didn't know how to go about it, but I was like, ah, oh, let's just go That's, this way. That's so exciting. So um, I read all of a book that Parker's been recommended, or you've been trying to get me to read it for yeah. two years. We've got like easily. 14 copies in our house. Yeah, at there's this a point. lot of Addie LaRue. So I, the, the funny part about wow, this short I'm story. I'm so excited about this. It is. Three, the last time I was podcasting with guys three weeks ago, yeah. I had 25 pages left and oh, added LaRue. So I said, oh, I'll just save my short story. And then Maddie for next locked week. you in a dungeon. And then Maddie locked me in a dungeon. And then it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. So this is a month old short story, basically. Oh, nice. Uh, but I read this all so, of Did you keep this off your Goodreads? Yeah, it was for off me? my Goodreads. Oh my gosh. Like, it's not as big as Wave Kings. Yeah. Well, not as exciting. I mean, but it's still pretty exciting. I got it from Libby, and I was like, oh, I'll just do this. It'll be a good time. Adi um, written by V.E. Schwab, who's one of my favorite authors. Yes, written by V.E. Schwab. It was a... Basically, the, the, the premise is the, the girl, Addie LaRue, she sells her soul to get out of this planned marriage. Yes. Um, to... Uh, Never essentially, yeah, the invisible. <laughs> well, like, yeah. So the, the deal is that she will experience a life as long as she wants... And, until like she's ready for the devil to reclaim her essentially but she cannot be remembered like she can't leave a mark in the world yeah. she will just be forgotten the second like after she leaves the conversation yeah no one can remember her uh super sad stressed me out a lot because i'm like wow that's kind of dark yeah. and makes me feel very lonely uh, but it really was like a super uh good story and i really liked it and so I've read. Wow. I, I'm very excited to talk to you all about Addie yeah, LaRue. But it was a great we can't job. right now because we got to talk about Malibu Rising. we got to talk about Malibu Rising. Man. Uh, really quick, what I've read, I've read Hero of Ages. Man, Hero of Ages is a really good book. Yeah. Went right into Wax and Wayne, the Era 2 Mistborn series. Yeah. And I read the first one. <laughs> and then I've read half of the second one, which is called Shadows of Self, which is it's just so good. Wax and Wayne is so unbelievably good. My God. It's great. It's a buddy cop movie. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Love so, that. That's what I've been reading. Nice. Cool. Well, let's, uh, I mean, that's not all you've been reading because we all read Malibu Rising. I didn't read it. Oh, Dan. So. You had one job. <laughs> you've, uh, been, you've been gone for two weeks. <laughs> you can't even read Malibu Rising. I forgot. Oh, Mistborn's right. so good. Yeah. I mean, Mistborn is good. I'll maybe no, give you a uh, Yeah. Malibu Rising. Uh, I really liked it. So, Parker, you want to tell us about this book? Give us a quick synopsis. Uh, I can do that. <laughs> let me uh, let me see how good I can do this. I need to consolidate all my thoughts real quickly. So Malibu Rising mm -hmm. is the story of the Riva family. And the story follows two sides of the Riva family. One is June and Mick, who are the parents. And their upbringing from kind of not having anything to this life of fame and stardom that that you know Mick leads through his singing career and then the other side of the story the it follows the four kids Nina being the oldest then Jay Hud and um Kit and their kind of fallout from all of the the tragic stuff that happens with their parents and then them processing that all uh, all kind of encompassing this yearly annual party, uh, the Riva party, and that's the second half of the book. It's it's all building to this, and there's there's secrets, there's tension, there's drama, everything that's all building like a massive pressure tank, leading to this one party and this one night in Malibu, and that is a pretty good. Yeah. Anything yeah. else that I should throw in for the mm -hmm. the spoiler free synopsis before uh, we get into? No, I don't think so. It's a, <clears throat> it was a very visceral Thanksgiving read. 
Because it's all family drama. Yes, that <laughs> it was it was timely in that sense. It is a lot of family drama, and if if you can relate to having a, a non perfect family, which I think everyone can. One can. Uh, yeah, it's it, it was good. Um, man, it's such a good book. Okay, so I think we're, th- we're that's it, right? We're mm-hmm. done for spoiler free. Yeah. Spoiler okay. time. So Get spoiler here. time. Let's discuss because boy, oh boy, I just really liked this book. Yeah. They both die at the end. They both. No, that's we not. We already read that. Not book. that one. Oh, okay. Does anyone want to kick us off? I can kick us off. Initial thoughts. Uh, I love any story that has two different point of time line perspectives. Yes, agree. Huge yeah, agreed. fan of it. Man, oh man, I'm a sucker for good old timeline. We just had it with Home Before Dark, and then yeah. I didn't know that we were going to have it here, but it, it's well, it's so enjoyable. Put it in every book. Put it in care. every book. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, put it in every single book. I really like the characters in this book. Um, the ones you're supposed to not like, I really did not like them, which, yeah. perfect, you nailed it. But no, I... I I really enjoyed it. It was a really easy read too. Yeah. Like, um, sad. I felt broken yeah, <laughs> while yeah, reading yeah. this book. Kind of broke me down a little bit. But man, I yeah, I really liked it. It yeah. was good. Uh, Jay Jay Des, one of our listeners, submitted some of her thoughts, and it was kind of it, it was along the the same kind of thing. She also uh, said that she loves the two you know the dual perspective. That's great. I I completely agree. I think it it for me that's one of the best ways to get just like that hook for mm-hmm. and, like I want to know the next chapter with how they like correlate or overlap or like what's the you know if it in, in the case of like Mick and June when everything's breaking bad and then it goes to you know a, a chapter with the kids and then you're like what happened like what was the right. thing like what did Mick do um and and Jay also said that you know her, she could relate um you know especially to Nina's story just like the 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 sisterly like having to to care and and yeah. you know kind of play parent a little bit and she said that hit home and I, I think that is it, it's just a they did such a good job of making the kids and the sibling relationships relatable yeah I, I mean I, I it, it's a very character driven book I think right. the characters are what make it and they're all just great very well written characters even the characters who are bad characters. Yeah. They, I, I, I hate, I, I hate McRiva so much, and I think that's the the talent of, of Taylor Jenkins Reid's writing, because you like every time he was, especially in the later half of the book when he was trying to like come back into their lives, his like approach to it was so narcissistic. <laughs> And the way she wrote it had me really feeling this anger because it was it was the narcissism that's believable, right? The mm-hmm. the lies that are like veiled with truth also. And so a part a part of you almost forgets. A part of you in the same way that like the kids are going through it, where they're like, maybe I should forgive him. And then he'll say something and you're like, oh no, he is so selfish. He's yeah, so messed up. Mick Riva can suck my socks because He's such a terrible human being. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Suck him right off my feet. I don't care. I also love when books take, like, short detours to explain the backstory of other random characters, like when they would do that in the party section. They both died at the end. I said that as a joke a minute ago, but it's the same thing. They just, like, added random, like, bystanders at the party, and I thought that was really cool. The party stuff stressed me out so much, and it was like, everyone was like, doing cocaine and like throwing things and then there was a gun in the mix at one point i was like something terrible is gonna happen i i will say did y'all did y'all cry did y'all did this one get y'all i did not know okay i i didn't cry either and it i feel like it wasn't as 
as emotionally taxing. It definitely was emotionally taxing in some ways, but it, there was never any like moments that I felt were too heavy. It was more which, like anger than right, and, and and it really like there was a lot of sadness and a lot of like defeated emotion, but it never really had me like overwhelmed to the point of like crying or sobbing. Yeah. And in my mind, I thought that was kind of refreshing because I feel like it, reading contemporary fiction a lot of the times is like whenever I a lot of times the past few contemporary fiction books I read have just like absolutely wrecked me, like sent me into a spiraling abyss of crying. <laughs> like anything Frederick Bachman or oh, Kristen yeah. Hanna has had me like weeping. So this it, it was a it was refreshing because it was good and emotional and had me thinking, but it also didn't like rip my you know heart out and mm. like no kids died or anything which yeah. i was really worried about the entire time everything with jay's heart i was so worried <laughs> that he was gonna die at the party and i just didn't think i was gonna be able to take that yeah i also love when stories uh bring in like fiction bases itself in reality so like a lot of the references like party references to all the like tv stars and movie stars of the era yeah like mentions of rob lowe and all that kind of stuff i really love that kind of stuff because it's like it implants itself in like a realistic sense of being like, yeah, our our party was a place to be for all these Hollywood celebrities. And it would like give quick backstories on some of them or just quickly mention some of them, be like, oh, that guy was in this kind of thing. I thought that was really cool. Brett, being our uh, celebrity aficionado, were there a lot of those? Because I was wondering, there were so many names thrown around and I, I just didn't know celebrities of that time. Like if, if they were written for the book, I feel like, a good a bit, a handful of them probably were. Set, book set in the 80s? Yeah. 70s, 80s, well, right? There the, a, the party there, is. The, the, right, there was right, a right. section when she was going back through the history of the party. Right. For the past whatever, however many years. And she made most of them in that section. She would, you know, I think that's where she mentioned Rob Lowe. Mm -hmm. At the actual party, I think, I feel like she wasn't, they, they may have not been able to like, fully go into a real life person yeah so, and <laughs> probably because it was too like yeah. crazy they didn't want to be like oh yeah rob lowe was snorting cocaine because they're like <laughs> yeah. Eh, maybe not a good so that's, any, why, that's why you get things like von donovan yeah, yeah anybody like that or like the uh the bridger guy or yeah. anybody like that i think obviously was fake because you know they had to make them look like total shitheads you but. also get um discussion of like the oscars and snl <laughs> was like right. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. there's mention of the two snl guys so i'm yeah she didn't say it but she, there, there's a few mentions of like comedians offhand where you can assume that they were talking about a specific person like yeah. a real life celebrity but again probably couldn't go in a lot so anybody they really like went into obviously i'm like pretty positive was just you know, fiction, but it was cool that they like intertwined it with like real life people. Well, so we had also Ashley reached out, Stormlight Memes commented about her thought. She also posted a really sweet TikTok about the book and just the overwhelming feeling she had and how it was, you know, very intense and the, you know, had her, you know, on the, at the edge of her seat. And then she said it challenges the, the Sanderland style of like all the, the loose threads coming together for the, like the crazy party. What were y'all's thoughts on the ending and the, the party and, and Mick coming back and, and all of that high drama, high intensity stuff? Mick coming back had to happen. Yeah. Yeah, right. There, there has to be something. Well, I wasn't I, sure he was alive. Me neither. That's, it, it was really? good. Huh. That they, well, they didn't explicitly say it, but... They never mentioned that he died. I, right. guess, I never had I was, that. I yeah. never once had that thought. I just assumed he was going to show up at the party. So I've, obviously, Mick had to come back. The the biggest stress for me 
were HUD's photos of Ashley. Oh, yeah. Because they, they oh, mentioned God. it really early, and then he gets them developed, and that was the last thing. And I'm like, it's been like 300 pages yeah. since the whole app, like photos of Ashley. This has got to come up, and obviously uh, it, it does. And that was the biggest, like, oh, oh no moment for me. Um, because I really just HUD and Jay together are great. Yeah. I love the stuff with Casey. I thought Casey was a cool character. Me yeah, too. Casey's kind of out of cool. nowhere, literally out of nowhere, a character. From all the things I guessed were going to happen at the end, I never would have guessed that like a fifth child would walk yeah. in. I I loved it. I Casey's like the element that she brought to the story felt so important to me because it it was that like one more driving force that like Mick didn't really care mm. that he could have kids all over. And then that was kind of their reminder or wake up call of the type of dad that he was. It wasn't just the fact that he had completely abandoned his family and left them to, you know, struggle and have hardship and have to be on their own after Juna died. But the fact that he's been, he, it potentially could be doing that to multiple kids mm-hmm. throughout, you know, wherever. And also like him, when she was like, is, you know, are you my dad? And she gave him the picture of Monica and he was like, Oh, I don't, I don't even know her. Like that, that is heart wrenching in a way that also just like really shows his narcissism. And I I think that was her being included in the story was just great storytelling for, it just drove home the point that like Mick sucks and he's a scumbag. It's also (laughs) great. Like it gave someone for HUD to understand too. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really liked. Uh, Well, I got to ask going off that statement, Favorite Reva kid for both of you? Who, who's where? Who, where do y'all stand? Kit, one hundred percent. Kit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kit's it's so Kit. Good. It's Kit. Kit's the answer. Brett, yeah, Kit's up there. I would probably say. I mean, I do. I do love Nina and Hud. I yeah. mean, again, I don't know. The only one that I was like, I did not like him, but like Jay was probably last. Yeah, but it's just like I loved Hud because of his like giant heart. Obviously, he you know made a mistake. With the like not telling Jay and stuff like that, but yeah, Kit as far as like her energy and her like her her arc, like her story arc yeah. was so powerful. Yeah. Along with Nina's too, like Nina, you just like she's like a superhero, right? Kit I, just gets it. Yeah, Kit, Kit Kit's understands. Great. Kit's fantastic. Everything Kit said, like Kit had me laughing the yeah. most in the book, but she also had the str- like a, a a quality about her, the strength that like I wish I had. Yeah. Um. And then also weirdly, like my uh my nieces and nephews. There's one of my nieces that like it has just like raw like crazy energy, and <laughs> I think she has that potential to be so, very Kit like when kit she grows energy. up. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. The uh. The, the siblings were all fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, HUD, I think, initially was my favorite for the same reasons that you were saying, Brett. Like, he's just so kind. And also, like, the the humble, like, gentle right. kind of kindness that is admirable. But really, I, I just love Nina so much. Like, yeah. her, her ability to be so selfless and keep the family together and, and that, like, thread of her kind of, like, picking up the torch where June left off and her not even like resenting really like she of course she did have some anger and everything with with june and and her alcoholism and everything but for her to realize like that she did the best she could with the kids and then it was nina's turn and and like it it, it, oh man it just wrecked me that 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 stuff to me was the most emotional i loved it that section of the book i love nina so much all of them though they're all 
Yeah, they're all they're all Fantastic. wonderful. Can you imagine having four kids and they're all like super good at surfing? Yeah. What's that like? Super sexy and good at surfing and 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 fun and funny and yeah, that's the dream. I'd yeah. probably say that was my favorite part of the book is when they do the origin story of how they all got into surfing when they found the board. Yeah. At the ocean, I th- I thought that was just like the sweetest thing because that seems just like like such a uh, I don't know, just like a storybook way of doing it. It but it was just like so perfectly done, like. They all took turns. They all fell in love. It was just, yeah, it was beautiful. I'm also a sucker for, like, uh, a strength being built from tragedy. And I think that was that, you know, kind of moment in the book where they found surfing because of, you know, Mick leaving and, and their mom, like, want, like working. And they, she was like, just go to the beach, you know. And that's where they bonded and essentially fell in love with this thing that would carry them into financial and you know stability and success and that you know tragic childhood where they didn't have what they needed turned into this you know heroism through the them surfing i, I thought yeah. that was i had this thought and got instantly angry what did you think about the it's so soft to the touch thing because it kept God, bringing that, that was up the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and i wanted to like <laughs> throw the book i mean because... I, I think the uh one of the themes for this book could be just like men suck shit yeah. especially like men from the 70s i i guess uh, like which i mean really uh, currently and and always but yeah shitty tennis husband too yes god that and the parallelism between brandon and mick was rough because yeah. i so deeply did not want her to like even play with the idea of taking him back and that that was honestly the hardest stuff for me to read when right. Nina was kind of like going back into her shell and letting Brandon back in I was really frustrated well they um, do they do such an interesting the way that that she does perspective and you mentioned it earlier but yeah. like when they when they did his like re- attempted redemption section when he was talking about like uh when he realized Carrie was like not nice kind of thing when he was like oh yeah my shoulder sucks the the way that the perspective is written is like so like there's so much heart in it but at the same time you realize that he's still like so selfish and then like it comes up later again like you realize yeah that was all like just like scared bullshit well and, and it's also just... that like kind of untrustworthy narrator right style. exactly that and that they did it so well with mick too yeah, exactly and that they, i i really love mick and brandon's chapters because it gave you a peek in their mind and a peek into their their narcissism because they truly did believe right. that they weren't the bad guy right like they they and and that's that's a very human quality right for us to justify the the things that we do wrong and for whatever you know xyz reason but when you read you know when when brandon's chapters about him leaving carrie he had painted it as he was this hero who like you know he had a hard upbringing and he never let himself you know make mistakes and then he just like fell apart and then he woke up one day and realized that he needed to get back to nina and then then it, you know when Carrie confronts him at the party, it, it was the you know the truth came out behind you know past the untrustworthy narrator where she was like, hey you I made you tell me that if you were gonna leave your wife that it was gonna be for love and that right. this was a real thing and that you had to actually make the choice and so it it broke down his lies and and I think that's 
I mean, that's just what, you know, narcissistic people do is they, they're almost so good at lying. Like the first person that they lie to is themselves, right? So I think that Ooh. both Mick, what, you Ooh, like that? That was good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You can, you can take that home with you. I'm going to write it down right now. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, guess what Parker said tonight. Oh, please do. I feel so cool. Uh, but I, I think for, for both Mick and, uh, you know, Brandon, they weren't like, evil in the sense of like they they were waking up and choosing like i'm gonna be the bad guy they were just so deeply selfish and there's they in their selfish acts hurt people without remorse without thinking about it until it suited them right until it came to a point where it was convenient for them to want to you know get the love from mm-hmm. the, the the rivas and then they would go back to it which is it's gross and sick and i hate i really hated both of those characters yeah. but yeah um, to answer your question dan the soft to the touch stuff was awful. infuriating okay we've had this question before i'm going to alter it a little bit we we threw out this question during beach read okay uh, if you haven't listened to beach read listen to our beach read episodes we talk about bookshelf sex great time <laughs> is there a point in the story where mick shows up at any point it could be any level of the story that Mick should be forgiven. Um. So that's a, I mean, that's a loaded question in the sense of like. Let's just say, should Mick be forgiven by the kids? No, not, <laughs> not at all. I, I think they don't, I, they don't owe him that. At that I point. thought that was going to be a short conversation and it definitely was. No, of course s- not. Mick sucks. Nina, no. Nina put it right in the sense that she said, you are not our father at this point. Right. Like you not, can, I think you know if they want to it sounded kind of like kit might be the one more leaning to it like they could maybe start to like go see him every once in a while just to talk at at the end of the day nina said it right and then like you were you were never like our father they they don't owe him anything they've they've managed without him they're at the point where they no longer technically need a father and so it's like it's kind of moot like they don't like there's no need for them to forgive him at that point because he is like basically nothing to them. Uh, I got worried that it was going to go in the direction of Kit trying to defend Mick because of her sending the invitation every year. But she even says like, "Oh, you know, I shouldn't have done that." Right? Because well, like I, I, she just I has such it. a huge heart. Uh, yeah. No, I loved it. I took it as like she sent those letters to prove even more of yeah. his like him mm. being selfish. Like she was sending those so that he would have to actively Not turn good. down his kids year after year after year and when Kit, they needed him. Kit, Kit gets, it. gets it. She's so cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Mick doesn't deserve anything. I think that he had a chance when he came back to June and she forgave yeah, the him. the first time. And I, I think that forgiveness is, you know, within the rights of the person who was wrong, right? So like the, the kids could forgive him and, and maybe, you know, this is a deeper conversation, but like maybe they ought to not like forgive them in the sense of like not holding on to that anger or bitterness for themselves yeah and nina even let that go at the end right exactly but like in the sense of like should they try like towards restoration and like some sort of relationship i don't think it's necessary at all i don't think they they owe him that and realistically it would probably be a toxic relationship i don't and i don't know why i said probably it definitely would be because that's the nature of mick because he hasn't changed so outside of them just having incredibly generous hearts and maybe wanting to be get more yeah you know emotional damage yeah I, well, I, it, and they even she mentioned at the end when kit was telling nina to to leave that's she said moment. she said yeah we'll you know we'll tell blah 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 that you're not dead and we'll tell mick that you're not dead so it's like a thing where it's like hey maybe 
yeah, we could have a little bit more contact. Like you can talk to us, but we don't owe you any return answer. Like we don't necessarily, right. we aren't going to talk. If you want to try, you can like put the effort in to try and talk to us and maybe someday we'll like talk to you. But at the end of the day, like they don't owe him anything because he is nothing to them at that point. And it's not, it's not like they're holding on to it. Like you said, like they, like you said, they let go of it. It, it just, at that point, there's, there's nothing to be mad about there. It's just a non-existent relationship. I also think there's something to be said for the, the nuance and the difference between the two characters that we're comparing because Beach Reed, the dad wasn't great, right? He lived a life of infidelity and, you know, betrayed his wife and daughter, but he was still ultimately a good dad, which is, you know, that's, uh, uh, take that with a grain of salt, but he still was like financially there and right. cared for his daughter, a- her, his whole life. And Mick was essentially a deadbeat, like right. in all regards. He he left them to like to, out to when, dry when he could have saved them. R- right, exactly. Like when they were suffering and needed him. So in my right. in my like opinion, Mick is way way worse. Oh, so much Even worse. though so like worse. you know, it's not worth comparing. I think they're both bad people, and you shouldn't. It's did just we forgive, relative. Did we forgive? Be our dad? No, I don't think we did. His his at least like our dad. What do you say? Beatree dad. Beatree dad. No, no, no. We did. I, no, we did I didn't at least. No, I, I, no. I've got some probably, just, uh, you know, need to work through some stuff in therapy. It's feelings, just a relative. But, yeah. It's a relative issue. Like to her situation. Yeah. What, what Beatree dad was, did was unforgivable. And, but you know, in, in the case of, uh, Malibu rising dad, it was like beyond unforgivable yeah. because well, he, Go ahead. I was just going to say, just because he had more than enough means to take care of them, but he wouldn't even provide, like, the financial support. Well, and he wouldn't be there when their mother died. Right. Because like, that, that he was not. afraid. Because he was a coward. Right. Stupid Mick. The worst part about Mick is at the end, like, when he very obviously really, like, did not get his forgiveness from the kids, right? He pulled out his flamethrower. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> and he burned down their house. Oh, Dan. Um, I'm back. Do you, oh, I'm sure the audience was missing that kind of sharp wit. Can can we talk about the um, the low key MVP of the party? Tareen. Oh, can I guess? Tareen. Dang it! Yeah. I was gonna yeah. guess Tareen. Yeah, how, Tareen's fantastic. How, how awesome she was yeah, and Tareen like was fighting cool. off those one. She punched a cop. Well, just just being like the supportive friend that she was, and then like telling Carrie to like screw off at the end, telling her and Brandon to screw off at the end. And then, yeah, the stuff with the cop, then she was like, well, who are you talking to like that? Like, you don't need to be just like, just she was such a badass. Okay. Tareen. And I don't want to, we can't like finish this podcast episode without talking about good guy, Ricky, good because guy Ricky. there is something like his, the, to have the mo- emotional matureness as a teenager to be in love with a girl finally get your moment in the sun where you're kissing and, and then her realize, say hey actually as i'm kissing you i realize that i'm gay and i don't want <laughs> you know i don't want to go any further and for him one to not press but also to be fully accepting and right. kind and as supportive. a response like not have any pride issues not have any like self-esteem bullshit that got in the way ricky is a great character what he a- seems like kind of a unicorn there are not enough right. guys in the world like ricky we need but, more rickies yeah we need more rickies in the world because he he was great with kit and i really liked that he was kind about that whole 
uh, situation and not a, a big jerk because it could have gone one of two ways, and I'm really glad it didn't go. Think Ricky and Vanessa. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, love yeah, forever yeah. Yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's um, what I'm thinking too. Good guy Ricky. Uh, one person I feel really bad for is uh, Goofy guy Seth, who <laughs> at the end took the gun, the loaded weapon from yep. the douchebag, that Bridger guy or whatever. Yeah. And then he got arrested because they found him with the gun just because he was keeping the gun right. safe. And yeah. I was like, oh no, that poor guy. Like, there were so many side characters, honestly, at the end during the party. I was like, I was having trouble keeping up. They just kept coming out. They're all over uh, the Seth place. is based on a real guy. Is he? No. Uh, no. Any uh, final thoughts on Melaby Rising before we move on? I think I'm good. Man, I, I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. Tell everyone to read Melaby Rising, audience. It's yeah. great. Pick it up. Pick it out. So, author's note. Yes. Of the author of Melaby Rising, Taylor Jenkins Reid. I think uh, you both have a note. If I'm not. Yeah, we got to, we got I'm some small stuff. Pop hit us with what you quick. got. Um, so first, uh, just quick review of her. Uh, her works um her first novel is called forever interrupted that came out in 2013 um i know at least maddie has read this but the seven husbands of evelyn hugo i have heard so many good things about that book it's been on my tbr forever i really 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 want to read it yeah i've heard incredible things um that was her second i believe and then daisy jones and the six is another one that is currently being turned into a, a mini series on Amazon, but I've heard great things about that one as well. Um, I know nothing about that book. It's definitely a, a cowboy shoot 'em up western, right? No, it's, it's like a seventies rock band. A, yeah, it's about a band. So I actually, uh, Maddie and I started Daisy Jones and the Six on a car ride, as we do sometimes with long car rides. Uh, and I never finished it, so okay. it's it's on my TBR still. Um, I'm gonna pretend like you didn't just tell me what you, it's so actually you, about. You just want to think it's yeah, about a cowboy. Yeah. It's a gunslinger. Okay, sure. yeah, keep it up. Woman named Daisy Jones, who's a cowboy in the West. Uh, and the six is like the six bullets yes. in the gun. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got it, bud. Okay. Um, okay. Fun fact: Also, she did co-write uh, the Hulu TV series Resident Advisors with her husband Alex oh, Jenkins cool. Reed. I think that was in like. 2015 so that's yeah dope. just shout out to that i don't know anything about it but check it out it's about a gunslinging a lot of her works that, that was yeah. a weirdest, that was the weirdest section of malibu rising was when it got into like <laughs> westerns and stuff yeah, yeah when the cowboys came out yeah no so i the the one i mean i just have a, a quick fun fact from an article that i found in usa today but they're talking just about her like process and you know her career writing and one of the questions were like what are your go-to songs or podcasts and she said that when it comes to writing everything for her has to be in dead silence and she admires you know people who can have like playlists for writing but she does she did say that she listens to podcasts and music to help her get like inspired and excited about what she's writing and i think that's cool because i feel like whenever i'm like listening to music or uh like i feel like sometimes my mind wanders into very imaginative places so Mm -hmm. i just thought that was a nice cool little tidbit cool yeah, that's Taylor Jenkins Reid. That's Taylor Jenkins Reid. She's awesome. And I've only heard fantastic things about the other books, too. So check out uh, Daisy Jones and the Six and Seven uh, Husbands of Evelyn Hugo because I've heard it's just so good and I want to read it. Yeah, for sure. And before we bookmark it. Wait, can, can I say one more thing? Yeah. I forgot to mention, uh, Julia Whalen yeah, narrated yeah. the hell out of this book. Yeah, she yeah, was, was so oh, Did you good. listen to the book, too? 
So I, I did a, a hybrid method. That's what I did. Because uh, when I was in the, when I was flu ridden, I was too yeah. like tired to just flip through a book. So I started the audiobook and the back half and she really is so good at at narrating uh audiobooks so huge shout out to uh julia whalen for her work um and and uh maddie mentioned her last time so i thought that we'd just bring that to the table again but if you're an audiobook listener this is a good one to check out and she's great i think maddie mentioned too that she also did beach read which was funny that we brought beach read back up but she also did beach read so i hate that i missed the audiobook one because she did Addie larue which is how i listen yeah yeah Yeah. julie whalen you're awesome she's just kicking ass killing right yeah because those yeah narrations are fantastic so before we bookmark it we have our book for december which is Paper Girls. Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn, the author that also did Saga, which was a discussion for yes. us to do as well. Yeah, so we're doing we're doing gra- a graphic novel, our first graphic novel, uh, and we are going to break up the, uh, the pacing a little bit for December since we don't know with the holiday season how crazy it'll be, similar to you know Thanksgiving, and, and we kind of got thrown off uh, last week, so we apologize for that. Uh, but so going into December, how we're going to do it is the first three weeks – we already have planned out uh, the first week we are going to be doing just like a, a, a Christmas themed episode uh, talking about you know, Christmas themed books and, and whatnot. Uh, the second week we are going to do a battle of the books. We're going back into the battle dome and we're going to talk about all of the books that the Bookends with Friends have covered for this year for our, our, our first year, our kickoff year as a podcast. And we're going to pit them against each other and decide our favorite once and uh, for which is, all. It's going to be very tough because I've liked so many of these books. I'm very excited for that episode. And then the third week of December is when we're going to be covering Paper Girls. Uh, we're just going to be doing Paper Girls Volume 1. I don't know if we said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's uh, a graphic novel. Please read along. Uh, we're very excited to talk about it. And we've heard great things. Uh, and then and then the fourth week of December, we may or may not have an episode, just depending on how, how the holidays go. So maybe we'll have a bonus episode, or maybe we will uh, let y'all's ears take a break from <laughs> listening to us, because y'all are probably going to be celebrating Christmas and doing more important things anyways. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I, I think that's it. Uh, uh, huge shout-outs again, uh, Jay uh, Dez, for reaching out with your thoughts. Uh, Ashley, Stormlight Memes, thank you. Uh, and then also, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to a listener who reached out about our bookmarks. So I posted on our Instagram that we have, I'm sorry, I said bookmarks, I meant stickers mm-hmm. uh, for our podcast. We have stickers that we're just, we're mailing out for free. If you're interested, go to our Instagram and uh, just comment a little book on that post and then we'll, we'll figure out where to ship it to. Uh, but we had Megan Eskew. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. I hope I'm saying that right. Megan Eskew, she uh, reached out and said she wanted a sticker and that she's been following along. And so thank you so much uh, for the support and that that sticker's coming shortly. And uh, anyone else who wants stickers, we got them. So, uh, to be fair, they can be a pretty good bookmark as well. They could be a really good you bookmark. Just leave yeah, the, leave the sticky... Leave the sticky boy on. The, what's the it called? seal? The back? The back. Brett? Sticker back. Brett, what's it called? Leave that sticky on there, and it can the be a bookmark back. for you. Stickerback sounds right. Yeah, it's stickerback uh, sounds I good. I think that's a polka Nickelback cover band. <laughs> this could be. Wait, yeah, okay. we're go- no, that. Sorry, yeah, that's the concert we're going to. <laughs> okay, well, that's all the shoutouts I have. Uh, thank you, everyone who's listening. Y'all are really just too kind and the best, and y'all y'all make this so much fun, and we couldn't do it without y'all's support. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Uh, special shout out as always to Jacob Robinson for the intro and outro of our podcast and special shout out to Maddie Moon for the beautiful cover of our podcast. Thank you both. And never forget the real friends were Dang it, I messed it up, didn't I? Were the friends books we read along the way. Did I mess it up? Yeah, so many times. It's the real books (laughs) were the friends we made along the way. Okay, cut. (laughs) 